Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, and welcome to Batwoman TV Talk, your weekly podcast following the adventures of Ryan Wilder on the CW hit show Batwoman. I am Palmer, and with me, as always, is Tony Ann. Say hi, Tony Ann. Hello, how are you? Uh, I'm doing good. I'm slowly recovering over my second vaccine shot. How about you? I'm doing good. I just got over my first vaccine shot. I got my first dose on Friday, and I go back the Friday of Memorial Day weekend for my second shot. Fancy. Yes. Which I ended up being really smart in scheduling that, because at least if I get whammied with side effects like I did the first time, I won't have to call out of work on Monday. I will already be off. Nice. Yeah, nope, that's why I uh that's why I had mine scheduled on a Monday because we're closed Monday and Tuesday. So I was like, well, I'll at least have one full day to recover. And it was good because yesterday I didn't really feel like doing much. You know, I had some slight chills, nothing too bad, but I didn't get a ton of sleep the night before because I would get chills and then I would put I would pull up my uh, my blanket to cover me because I had the chills, and then like 30 seconds later, it felt like I was entirely on fire, so I couldn't get comfortable. Yikes. Yeah, so I, I, I got some sleep, but it wasn't, it was like off and on, so the oh, next I day, I was like that. Yeah, so like the next day, I didn't really want to do anything. Um, I did a couple errands, but I didn't really want to do anything, and I, I slept like I took a couple of naps to kind of reset myself and today I was good. So, but it was worth it. Yes, absolutely. All right. We are here to talk about an episode of Batwoman. I know it's shocking. This is episode 12, which um, is not titled correctly. Like I'm, I refuse to normally I name the episodes uh, for the podcast, the same as the, TV show that way it's easy for people to remember but this week's episode is called initiate self-destruct i am titling this episode uh the kate in the iron mask okay because she's in a mask get it got it and it's like the book the man in the iron mask (laughs) but before we get into that we do have an email from stephanie oh hi stephanie let's see they say hello again before i deep dive into what the subject of my email means i would like to point out two things that happened and did not happen in this episode what did not happen was the reaction of mary's car because of that i was disappointed that scene alone would have made my day but also i knew and i remembered from the podcast that the story of kate kane being hypnotized and having her memory wiped to be the daughter of Black Mask would happen. I forgot who came up with up that scenario from the two of you. It's an amazing story for Kate Wallace Day. I love her more already. The meaning behind the question, do you get deja vu, is meant to be for this entire episode. I feel like it's a deja vu moment to the episode through the looking glass. Alice works with someone who she thinks would help them, and they do so, but in the end, leave her behind. 
Ryan leaving Alice in the hands of Kate Kane, Cersei Sionis, and Kate Kane, season one, leaving Alice behind in the hands of the people in Arkham. I don't know if I'm simply overthinking it, but it did bring back the memory. Did the two of you notice and remember the same scenes, though, diff- so slightly different happening? Uh, yes. I totally didn't, but I'm glad that so- I'm glad that she made the connection because it's absolutely there. It really is, although um, the difference is, like, Kate just kind of leaves her in Arkham, just kind of figuring, like, that's where she belongs. She's a killer. She should be in Arkham. Like, she doesn't know they're going to be experimenting on her. Right. Um, And in this case, like, uh, Ryan just kind of leaves her behind, and I will... I will we'll comment just, on that when we get to it. Uh, so will I, because I have thoughts. I do, too, which is good, because we, we're doing a podcast. <laughs> so if we didn't have thoughts, it would be a very short podcast. Very which true. Wouldn't and... be, which wouldn't be necessarily bad, because I haven't eaten dinner yet, and it's like 7.43 at night. So. Oh, Lord. Uh, as far as the beginning part, you are correct, Stephanie. I totally came up with the thought that uh, they were no, going to hypnotize... No, no, no. Kate Kane into Cersei Sionis. What? We are we're we're not doing that. We are going to credit the appropriate person, which would be me. I mean, because when I came when I came up with the theory, somebody told me I was wrong. I mean, you can go back and listen to the episode. I'm the one who edits it, so by the time you get to do that, I will have changed it to make it sound like (laughs) I came up with it. It changed it, meaning I came up with it originally. Thank you very much. Well, there'll be no there'll be no way of knowing if it's changed or not. You just said it yourself. That's yes, everything. but I'm going to edit this part out too. Like, <laughs> but that being said, yes, you did you did say that. Um, I'm assuming last week, but or yeah. at least or at least a week or two ago, it wasn't last week. See, it was in our, in our last in our last podcast. Yeah, okay. Now now you're changing your story. This week we're going to talk about Initiate Self-Destruct slash the Kate in the Iron Mask. That title also doesn't even make sense to anything that happened in the episode. Oh, what, wait. Initiate maybe... Self-Destruct? Yes, it does. Well, wait, maybe they, maybe they mean in terms of dest- – okay. Yeah, I got it now. In terms of destroying the DNA sample and all that stuff. I mean – that too, but well, you'll find out when we when we get to it. Um, so we start off with Kate with Kate Kane in a chair, kind of like writhing around and in a really nice looking mansion. Like, damn. Well, I mean, Roman is rich. Like, no, I know he's rich, but like, he we sells haven't... drugs and cosmetics. Like, that's the two best industries you can. You know, you can be a part of. Like, you never well, see I, anybody who sells like fashion or cosmetics like in bad places. Well, that's true. It's just we've always seen Kate in lower end places since we've seen her. So, like this <laughs> was true. <laughs> so this was such a like this was like oh we this is a uh, this is a hostage upgrade. <laughs> Look, rich people actually living in rich people areas. Uh, and as as Roman is uh, well, as Black Mask uh, takes off his mask, thus revealing him to be Roman Sionis. Um, and because I knew that like ahead of time, I was sitting there like 
wow, they're really treating this like you didn't know he was like who he was. And I was like, oh, you know, there might have been somebody out there who didn't like someone who was just watching the show who never read the comics. But even then, like you would think. I mean, I never read the comics, but I knew who it was. But there could be people who just don't pay attention. And right. You know, like it was just random that these two people showed up on the same season. Um, But you had uh, so Roman's kind of giving the history of the Sionis family with in in um, in the makeup industry and in the in the mask industry apparently everyone that dies in the Sionis family gets a mask put on their casket uh so he had actually he actually exhumed his daughter's casket and took the one that was on hers and that's puts it not on creepy at all right that's what makes this not creepy <laughs> I uh, mean, this is all creepy, but that was just yeah. like an added level of ooh. But the minute I saw that mask, and he said, like, and he said, from my daughter, and on, and who's now on her way to being reborn, or something like that, I was like, that was the moment I knew my theory was right. I was like, yes. Yeah. So he puts the mask on Kate and turns things over to Enigma, who tells Kate, you know, you know. On my, you know, on my instruction, you'll forget everything from being Kate Kane, and all the only memories you'll have moving forward are that of Cersei Sionis. And Kate kind of struggles, but Enigma holds her arms down and then bangs her, staff. bangs her staff, and Kate falls asleep, wakes up a few seconds later, and you know is asking her father Roman like why the hell she's wearing a mask. And Roman says, "Well, you, you, you know, your your face was really badly burned when you broke out of Arkham, so she was in Arkham for some reason before she died. Before she died, or supposedly, yeah. So maybe she got killed breaking out of Arkham, because we know she we know she is dead. That much we do know. Right, because if she wasn't dead, then turning Kate into her, there would be no reason for it. Right, that would just be confusing." <laughs> So I'm going to be very interested. I think we're probably going to end up getting more of her backstory as this whole story unfolds, Mm -hmm. which thank God this story is finally starting because I've been waiting for weeks. Yeah, we are. We got we got seven episodes left. So I feel like that's a decent chunk of time to like like to evenly pace out the story and to like actually have movement and not have it drag but also not have it go at warp speed either right i mean it's the same amount of episodes as we got with the with the koreana storyline so i think i think if that you know as long as they devote moments of every episode from now going forward to the kate story I think we are actually going to end up with a really good story. Uh, I agree. After the after the title sequence, we come back to Alice, uh, who is waking up in a bed with uh, Ocean. And I, my I, ship I don't, has no, I don't remember the. I no, I don't remember seeing him. She was just <laughs> randomly in a bed alone. No, no. <laughs> Ocean was very much there. Their clothes were strewn all over the room. We know exactly what they did last night. Nothing. <laughs> so um, she's doing the walk of shame, trying to uh, leave before he wakes up. It was funny because, like, 
I I started watching this, and that scene happens, and I had text I text my friend Lauren, and I was like, I've come to the conclusion that the writers of Batwoman absolutely hate me, and her first text back is, "Why? Who did Alice have sex with?" <laughs> And then I told her, and she was like, I was joking. Why? <laughs> I was like, exactly. Like, it, see, no one no one likes it. I do. So as Alice is trying to do the walk of shame, we have members of the False Face Society kind of come in, knock her to the ground, and steal Ocean. They, like, they, t- they tased her, and she crumpled to the ground, and it... And then she's literally laying there watching them beat the crap out of Ocean. Yeah, that 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 second half of the scene was really good. Like, <laughs> and, and Ocean was trying to put up a good fight, but those three were like pummeling. Yeah, yeah, they were. Good time. We go over to the Batcave, and um, we have Mary, who says nothing about her car, mind you. Yeah, like why? I wonder why they pick up on that or like even like do anything with that at all. We have Mary, Luke, and Ryan watching footage from the fight with with Black Mask, and Ryan's like, "All right, you know, I got, I failed." Why? Like, like why do you keep making me rewatch this? And then we go into geek speak about Luke trying to trace the origin of the camera, and it's a way for them to figure out where Angelique is. My favorite part of this whole scene was Mary picking up on, like, the back half of his sentence and the look of shock on his <laughs> face. And she's like, she's like, look, I'm, I'm not just a pretty face. Like, I actually know stuff, too. I'm a doctor, okay? I know stuff. Yeah, no, that was, uh, that was a really good way to get her, get her in the scene. Uh, so while they're trying to figure that out, we go over to Crow's headquarters and which... You know, Sophie's still coming to the realization that uh, that Ryan is Batwoman, and she sees uh, Agent Tartar Sauce, who's <laughs> um, kind of it's his right, name. Listen. It's not my fault. <laughs> I don't actually think that's his name. I, I mean, it could be. I wasn't expecting you to say that. <laughs> And so, and so she's like, hey, hey, guy, like, I heard you found some blood of uh, Batwoman's. Where is it? And he's like, I have it being processed. And she's like, oh, okay. Um, well, why, why did you do that? So they're already processing the blood sample to see, to see if they can match it. Um, and, uh, Sophie kind of gives him, like, a, like, feign, almost a feign, like, upset thing of, oh, so you pushed aside, like, other cases to try and get this to score yeah, points she to was commander. Like, she said, like, how many other, like, rape kits or something like that did you have to put, and murders did you have to push to the back of the line to move this to the front or something like that? Right. And she was like, does the commander know you're squandering the resources? And and he's like, well, he's the one who signed off on it. So she goes up to go see Commander Kane, who is just taking a hit of snake bite and is kind of cleaning himself up. 
as Sophie walks in and is like, what the dilly, yo? Like, why are we, why are we trying to out Batwoman? And, and Commander, Commander Kane's like, you know, I, she's a vigilante. Like, this is what we're going to do. And he, she asks him if it's because every time he sees her, he thinks of Kate. And that does not go over too well. No, Jacob broke up on the, uh, no, I'm not going to say that on the podcast, but man, the drugs are making him mean. I mean, to be fair, she did just bring up his dead daughter, so. I I mean, true, but sober Jacob would not have reacted like that. Yeah, probably not. He'd be gruff and like shut her down because he won't want to talk about Kate, but he wouldn't have been downright rude. I mean, he he literally said something along the lines of, you think a fling you had with my daughter five years ago gives you the right to say this to me. And, like, that's not something Jacob would ever say. Uh, This is true. From there, we go back to the uh, Batcave where they figured out uh, where – they figured out the location of – The cookhouse? Of one of them. So, yeah, yeah, they they found the location where Angelique was at that specific time. So Ryan's about to go over there and they get a they get a notification that the bat signals in use. So she has to go there first. Naturally, it is Sophie trying to get in contact with them. And Sophie's like, hey, uh, BT dubs, we have a sample of your blood and it's being analyzed, and you know, if you're in the system, you should be good, reason, right? Because you're yeah. not in the system. She I says like that, that so many times, like. I like that they're playing where she's not telling her that she knows. Right. Because that's like, not something that normally happens. Right. You know. Yeah. You should be fine unless you're in the system. Are you? And. That woman is like, well, you need to destroy the sample. And she's like, how? <laughs> like, a- I- any ideas? And she's like, look, I have to go. I have to go save Angelique, the person that the crows were supposed to to help protect. You know, you need to help me out and find a way to to get that sample uh, gone. And Sophie's like, all right, I'll you know, I'll try my best. And and Batwoman's like, I hope that's enough. Before we transition to the next scene, I just I just want to um, ask you, how do you how do you like the um, way that Batwoman enters and exits the scene when she uses? I'm not sure what the actual tool is called, but it, it reminds me of a zip line every, every time she does it. I think it's, it's so cool. It's yeah, a grappling gun. And I that, really like it. However, that? I I don't like when I don't like when they do it and then they pan out and then there's absolutely nothing for that grappling gun to have attached to. Because I don't did Kate always use the grappling gun or did did she always use it in this way? Um, usually she went up and down with it, whereas Ryan is like more of a swingy entrance and exit. I kind of love it. Uh, I like I said, I really like it, but like so when she's coming on to when she's coming onto the rooftop, it's fine. But like when she exits the rooftop and they kinda pan around, there is nothing that that thing would have attached to. (laughs) 
Like, she's swinging in between a building that's, like, 10, 20 feet away from the next building. Yeah. So, it is good, but it's hard to... It's hard to keep, like, the believability when it's not... When they do something like that. But, yeah, I, I do really like the the entrance and exit. And everyone... All of the superheroes have, like, their own thing. Like, the Flash... You know, always, and just... Yeah, always comes in and out, like, in his running pose. Uh, Supergirl, it's always, like, up and down with you know, her like, either open fist. the shirt or the glasses and yeah. away. Yeah. I just, it was just something I really noticed in this episode that I wanted to bring up because I think it's really cool. We go back to um, uh, Batwoman and the Bat team talking. As as Batwoman is scanning the area that uh, where they think Angelique is, and they're talking about how uh, Sophie just told them that they have her that they're processing her DNA and they're going to find out who she is. So she has to come back to the cave and she's like, "Nope, I have to find Soph. I have to find Angelique first. And Luke. And Luke just lost his mind. He's like, "I'm just going to say it." Protecting the what, the legacy of Batwoman is more important than finding Angelique. Angelique is not in any imminent danger. You are come home. And, and she like, did and not Mary was like, like three seconds away from like throwing a stapler at Luke. Seriously, and I thought like, and Batwoman was pissed. She's like, excuse me, why don't y'all? Mary and so put your heads together and figure out how to save my future while I save my past. Yeah. Uh, and then she notices uh, she notices a false face mask on the ground. So she's like, was, was there blood there, too? Because it kind of looked like it. Yes, there was a little bit of blood. So she's like, uh, BRB, guys, I, I got to go. So she shuts off the communication and finds Alice torching the face of a false face guy. <laughs> Alice is like I love I, I think what? these might be my favorite scenes of the whole episode I'm not even gonna lie like these were great what what brings you here oh was it the smell I've been at this for so long I <laughs> kind of forgot um and she's like what are you doing here what are you doing here and uh Batwoman tells her I'm looking for somebody who's like is that somebody Angelique and so we find out that uh through various means of torture Alice found out where they're keeping Angelique and Ocean. And she, as Alice is going around collecting butterfly knives from everybody, because this apparently everybody carries a butterfly knife. This is literally my favorite thing. That and the comparison she made between Snakebite and the super secret KFC chicken recipe. Yeah. So she's like... <laughs> She's like, Angelique didn't know how to cook it, so they took her phone and tracked down the original person who knows all of the secret herbs and spices. And According to Mr. Extra Crispy. <laughs> yep. And she's like, she's like, so I think we should team up. She's like, she was like, he did say that the place is more fortified than this place, so I need backup. And by that, I mean someone to stand in behind of so the bullets don't don't harm my massage. Which I really like. Her saying that line was great. Like this whole scene was great, and she's 
just like, wow, you really are that crazy. <laughs> and she's like, why, you know, why am I going to team up with you? And she's like, because I'm the only one that knows where they are. As she stabbed <laughs> the one guy that's still alive. <laughs> that does know. Uh, this whole thing was just great. And it just, some, I just, just, it was all just quintessential, brilliant Alice. Yeah, no, that was, uh, it was a really good, it was a really good scene. Like, I just, the fact that she used the word visage. Was yeah, no, it was so perfect. Good enough. After the commercial break, we have um, what might be, yeah, I think what might be my favorite scene in this, in this episode. We have Alice and Batwoman driving in the Batmobile. And Alice is just kind of like looking around, checks the visor, and then starts pressing buttons on the computer. She's like, what does this button do? <laughs> and Batwoman threatens her. She's like, don't make me use the ejector seat. That exists. <laughs> Man, I love this. Uh, I love and, then this she presses so a, and then she presses another button, and the self-destruct mode comes up. And she's like, ooh, self-destruct. And she goes to press it, and that woman's like, what the hell? <laughs> so, so, she's like, so she was like, well, you know, you can, uh, you can tell me about, you know, you can tell me about, uh, you and this girl, Angelique, like, who emojied who first, like, <laughs> you know, how long has this been going on? How did, how did a drug, oh no, that's later when she asked, how does a, uh, drug chef steal the woman steal the heart of the cape crusader and that woman's like no we're not we're not doing this you know just tell me you know instead of wondering anything about my relationship why don't you tell me where we're going she's like just continue straight which is something i guess you didn't do to <laughs> delete uh, just everything alice was gold we go back to Crow's headquarters, and Sophie goes into their DNA sample room, and she's looking at the, you know, she's looking at the, she's looking at the computer to find a way to swipe it without anybody noticing. As someone walks in behind her, and she was like, "Hey, what can I do with for you?" She was like, "Oh, I'm here checking up on the Batwoman sample," and she's like, "Oh yeah, you know, someone was just, you know, Agent Agent Tartar Sauce was just in here." <laughs> asking about it and and she was like don't worry i'm gonna babysit this thing until it's all done you weren't doing that good of a job you weren't in there when sophie came in so yeah really so sophie's like oh all right yay keep up the good work lady and she goes to call she goes to call the bat team and she's like uh we need a plan b and and luke's like we don't have a plan b because every plan we have involves you destroying the sample. Yeah. She was like, well, we're going to need to think of something. We get to Alice and Batwoman pulling up to the yacht that they have Ocean and Angelique at. And Batwoman's like, how do you know that they're really in there? And she's like, well, it's kind of hard to lie through your teeth when you don't have any. <laughs> We go inside and we see Ocean and Angelique being chained in front of the drug lab. And one of the false face goons has a camcorder out and he's like, all right, we're making a film. 
An idiot's guide on how to make snake bite. Take one. Action. Nothing happened. So he takes out a gun and he's like, all right, take two. And there won't be a take three. So they start to put on the black latex gloves because safety first. Well, of course, when you're dealing with all kinds of chemicals, you don't want to accidentally blow yourself up. Right. Right. Because if you're going to blow yourself up, the latex gloves are really going to work out in that case. (laughs) We go back outside and Batwoman uh, is trying to figure out, like, how many people are out, you know, are on guard duty. And she's like, all I see is one sentry. And Alice is like, I want to see. No. Can I at least have a bat? (laughs) Why don't I get any bat toys? Can I at least have a batarang? (laughs) And Batwoman. Batwoman tells her, like, look, why don't you get his attention so that way I can take him out? And she's like, got it, boss. And she starts laying on the horn. Why is there a horn on the Batmobile? I don't know. But she starts laying on it. Because I don't think steering wheels are hornless. Like, I don't think those, I don't think. I mean, this is a custom mobile. You don't need to have, it's not like it has to pass an inspection. No, but I'm just saying, I don't think that there's, I mean, they would literally have to build a steering wheel without putting a horn in it. So who knows? But I didn't even, I didn't even like bump on that. But I I did find the moment where she's like laying on the horn. Hilarious. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Batwoman asked what she's doing. She was like, look. You told me to get his attention. She was like, I didn't say drag him over here. But they but they get out and take out the goon. Back over at Crow's headquarters, we have Sophie, who, you know, is now sitting at her desk watching a tablet of the person watching the computer waiting for the sample to be done. And in comes Mary with a really small, like, gift bag, which kind of... Uh, yeah, no, it's a pink, it's a pink gift bag. She's like, I, I brought you a prezi. It looked red to me. Um, it's pinkish. It's like a pinkish red. Like it's definitely somewhere between. I wouldn't say it's definitely pink, and I wouldn't say it's definitely red. It's somewhere like in the middle. Okay. Yeah. Some could also call it somewhat purplish, but it's definitely a hue of those three colors. And she's like, I brought you a present. <laughs> Sophie's like, I don't have time for this. She's like, you will make time because this is from somebody who knows who... your heart to shop for. Exactly. So, so Sophie pulls out the thing and it's a little like fob drive. And she's like, you, she's like, you're trying to get Batwoman's DNA into ones and zeros. You plug that in and it all goes poof. Yeah. And then and Sophie's like, know you were on team batwoman and she's like well i'm just doing this as a favor for luke because we occasionally hang out mary girl you gotta get better at lying i mean to be fair like sophie didn't like even remotely didn't even remotely like let on like she believed her so she was like all you need to do is plug that into any computer with tier one access and she's like oh great the only person who has that is your dad, and he's been in his office for, like, months on end. Like, how how am I going to get him out of there? She was like, that's what I'm here for. Which, that we, was awesome. We go back to Batwoman and Alice taking out the goons outside, trying to figure out where on the ship they are. One of the goons tells them that they're in the upper deck, and it was funny. She's like, you know, she was like, you know, where's... 
where's Ocean? He's like, he doesn't say anything. And then she's like, she was the nice one. And he's like, on the front, on the upper deck. And then she knocks him out and she turns around and he's like, he just passed out. What? <laughs> Batwoman's like, oh my God, you're in love with him. She's like, I just kicked him for no reason. Like <laughs> That was funny. And she's like, no, not him. Ocean. And then she tried, and then Alice tries to deny it, but she couldn't. I because, really Because it's not Alice, true. No, because it is true and feeling things for Alice is weird. Nope, it's not true. Like, she doesn't... She does, and you just have to grin and bear it and accept that she does. So, Batwoman's like, well, this this is interesting, but let's go and let's go and save them. We go back over to Crow's headquarters very quickly just to see Jacob and Mary leaving and Sophie sneaking in. Back over to the to the ship, we have we have uh, Angelique and Ocean working on Snakebite as Black Mask watches on, and then we hear we hear Batwoman over the radio over the the false face radio saying that Batwoman and Alice are outside and they need to you know they need all of the troops that are inside to mobilize and which case Alice is still trying to find out why her and Angelique are an item yeah and she's like nope uh we're not doing this and she's like but come on you know drug chef vigilante doesn't exactly scream royal wedding and Batwoman thinks it's because of Ocean's feelings for Alice which Alice doesn't have for him, and how she does. No, nope. no, you 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 can't deny the fact that and Alice has feelings for him because if she didn't care about him, she would have just left let the false face society take him, and she would have run. The entire reason this plot is happening is because she cares. Nah. So. <laughs> <laughs> So she was so um, Batwoman says, you know, she was the only one out of the group home that cared for me. And, you know, she goes into the story of her and Angelique. And she was like, oh, where have I heard this before? Like you in the last you in the last Batwoman, you can't save everybody. And that's an interesting connection. Angelique is Ryan's Alice. Uh, no, because Angelique has been like. Angelique no, has been I, doing more to I, get out of it. But I mean, in the, in the sense that that's her weak spot. Like, Kate's weak spot oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. was always Alice. Yeah, and yeah, her, and we always... Ryan, for some reason, I never quite made that connection until this scene, when Alice said something, and then it, and then it clicked for me. Yeah, no, it's definitely her weak spot. But they're, they're different in the fact that... Oh, yeah, they're like, totally Angelique the is character. always, like, Angelique is for the most part been trying to steadily move away from her criminal behavior since she kind of came into the show like there was that first couple of there was that first couple of times where she was like you know I don't really want to leave and then she realized like what Ryan kind of like she cared more for Ryan than she did of that so right like, so so that was so that was there as the goons are starting to come out they both go to to go to attack the goons, and Alice is now chained to a pipe. And Batwoman's like, "Don't worry, I'll tell Ocean exactly who you are." 
that you're a monster and to get you know to get him to save him from you which is yeah this this was the this was the moment where it felt like that was more ryan speaking than batwoman speaking i mean listen well it it is because like every five seconds she brings up the fact that alice killed her mother Alice didn't kill her mother. It was Alice's goons. And it wasn't like Alice exactly said, kill them. But And, and like this, this was the moment where I'm like, I, I didn't really love this shift where it felt like Ryan was taking revenge here. Like, and plus this o- ocean, it, this and then what comes later. But this was the start of it for me. Yes. So, the, so like her, her, her um that woman kind of chaining her to the pipe i'm okay with because they're coming out and batwoman's gonna fight off the goons fine like she's just kind of leaving her there to make sure nothing happens like she doesn't stab her in the back or whatever okay like i'm i'm okay that part was fine i didn't i didn't love the ocean line i was like that's not really your place I'm sure it is if if she thinks that ocean is an innocent bystander which but I mean, that w- he was a. But that he wasn't, was a. That wasn't what was motivating her. She was literally like, "I'm gonna make sure Ocean knows exactly who you are. That you're a monster." Which, by the way, Ocean already knows that and doesn't care. Like literally, Ocean was. Right, but she doesn't know the- that. Well, true, but I'm just saying. You know, I, I get what she's saying, and in and I'm I'm okay with it for now. We'll we'll leave it at that. We go back into the uh, ship, and they're just finishing up the batch of snake bite. Their false face director calls cut, and then plans to shoot them. In which, you know, Ocean's like, "Look, there are many variables. You shouldn't kill us. We can make more batches for you." Batwoman is wandering around a ship, and she calls into Luke, and she's like, "Hey, can you uh, can you help me out, pal?" And he's like, "Yeah, go to your left." And she's like, "Gotcha." We get a, we get Sophie calling into Luke, and she's like, "All right, I got the drive in. What do I have to do?" And he's like, "When the file's uploaded, click on Batwoman's profile, and the device will shred the, the device will shred the file, and everything will be fine." She's like, "Great." The files start being uploaded to the mainframe. We have, we have the agent. He's like, "All right, let's see." You know, let's see who this is. As the upload starts, we find out that they are uploading a large batch of DNA samples because why would they have only been doing one? And she's like, "Uh oh, we have a problem. They they are uploading dozens of uh, files for, from Crow's investigations." And Luke's like, "Well, just single out the one with Batwoman." She's like, "Haha, they're all numbers for anonymity reason, which is a really good idea." Yeah. Now, and this is – so the rest of the scene is where I start to have a problem with this episode, and that is Luke just saying – like, Luke's like, so, you know, what are you saying? She's like, look, in order for me to take out Batwoman's file, I have to take all these out as well. Like, I would have to – I would have to ruin this entire database, and Luke's first question is, well, like, what – you know, what are the crime? Yeah, like, like how, how serious, serious would that be? Crime? And she's like, it's Gotham. You can tell they're not for jaywalking. And, and like, it's tier Luke's... one security. So, of course, they're going to be, like, 
heavy duty crimes and like as as much as, as Luke is as kind of okay with this plan. Yeah, which was so strange because like dude, as much as protecting Batwoman is important, like it's not more important than the hundreds or thousands, depending on how many samples there were, of other cases and other crimes that could potentially go unsolved just because you want to protect right. her. And Sophie's the one who says, you know, I can't do this. Like, we can't do this. Like, we need we to come up with another. Yeah, we we need to come up with another way. Now, this is also a callback to earlier in the episode where Luke's like, look, you know, you need to come back, Ryan, because we need to figure out a way to save your identity over this one person, which again is not correct. Like, which it, like Kate wouldn't have done that. Batman wouldn't have done that. No hero would think their identity is worth more than saving one person. That's true, but I, I wonder if they're going to play into why Luke is feeling like this. Like, does it does it trace back to Kate's death for him? Like, he couldn't protect Kate, so now he's going to do everything he can to protect this Batwoman? I mean, it's possible, but I don't... I don't know if they've thought that far ahead. Like, because otherwise Luke is just coming off like a selfish prick, to be honest. Yeah, and unfortunately that seems to be a theme throughout the rest of this episode as far as the Bat Team goes. So from there we go to Mary and Jacob going through Mary's super secret... Not so super secret, now completely certified and upgraded clinic. Totally super secret. No one knows about a clinic, who, which she had certified, and she hired doctors and nurses. And she's like, you know, I it, everything's legit, and I now, wanted to show you. And did she Jacob's do like, all of this just to, to get, get him, him out, out of the, the office, or was this already something that was happening? I'm thinking this was something already happening because there's no way she could have gotten all that done. In like an hour, <laughs> like because she had she stuff. So she like, had stuff delivered there. She already had the permit, so that was stuff that was already like in the process of being done. And then she, she was like, "Well, I can tell him about so it." Ag- she was so against it that her about face was strained. Uh, yes, I agree. So I don't like, like I. I agree. It 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 is a strange about face. Um, but I mean. You know, she she still wants to do the clinic and she has a workaround. So we'll get to that right now. Where she, So the first thing Jacob asks is like, all right, so you're certified. That's great. He's like, what happens if someone comes in with a gunshot wound and you have to report it to the GCPD? And she's like, I do exactly what the regulations say. I take this form, fill it out and then send it over to GCPD with this monstrosity. Which I'm pretty sure is older. Which I'm pretty sure yeah. is ten years older than I am. Pretty much, like it looks like it's a 1980s fax machine. Um, it's it's a printer slash fax machine, and they still do look like that. Not, I mean, yeah, no, that's true. They do because there's a couple of them in the office where. Yeah, like at my company. Like, so. 
like business ones, like places that do a lot of like printing. Yeah. Doesn't necessarily mean faxing, but like a lot of places that do like a lot, a lot of printing for like say businesses have that kind of have that kind of machine because it's just built to it's built to to do more to like last longer be able to print faster um so it's definitely different from like the at-home models you normally see yeah um and jacob's like and is this an oversight and he pulls out the phone cord that is not plugged into anything and she's like no one ever taught me to how to send a telegraph <laughs> and she's like the regulations say nothing about having to hire an IT guy and he's like so this is your workaround huh and she's like look compromise goes both ways and Jacob's like you know what fine if it means you're going to take my calls again I don't have to know that that fax machine is not plugged in and Mary's like wait wait what like you're okay with this like ridiculously easy almost too easy yeah like Mary's like I have like Mary had no idea that was working, and so she was like, and he's like, all right, I got to get back to the office. Peace out. And yeah, Mary's like, well, that was ridiculously easy. Um, What should be, and I agree, it was easy. I will say that I think even if he wasn't on drugs, I think Jacob would have still met Mary halfway. Yeah, but I think it would have taken a lot more convincing. Like, I don't think sober Jacob would have been as nonchalant about it. Right. But he was starting to he was starting to Jones as Mary makes a comment that he's sweating. Right. Because she was going to say, like, now that I've hired all these nurses and doctors, like, I'm going to be stuck in the office doing paperwork. And then you kind of see him start to kind of sway a little bit and she's like wait are you okay so it was, yeah. it was almost like she's talking about not being a doctor and then she has to kind of hop into doctor mode. yeah um we go back to the we go back to the outside of the yacht where um cersei sionis is walking up in a nice little backlit kind of like slow motion walk flipping around some daggers and a nice like white overcoat that is very Kate Kane-esque. Would Kate ever wear white? Uh, probably not. But I mean the like, style. I feel like the, the, the style is 100% something Kate would wear. The color? Absolutely. Yeah, no, the color the color is not. Like, I don't even think Kate would wear white to an ex-girlfriend's wedding. No. no. Yeah, she, um, would never, like, she would never wear white. Yeah. So she walks up to Alice, who's still chained, and she's like, you know, where, you know, where's Batwoman? And Alice is like not saying anything, and she puts the she puts her little like curly knife up to her throat, and she's like she's on the upper deck. She's like, I'll be back for you later, and she goes walking off. And Alice is like, can't wait. <laughs> That'll be fun. After the commercial break, we go to Crow's headquarters again, and they are just about to finish. They've uploaded everything, and now they're gonna. Now they're checking the Batwoman DNA sample to the mainframe to see if there's a match. As they're doing this, um, Sophie, who had an idea, is at her computer going through Ryan's file, pulling it up, and is trying to is trying to hurriedly delete, delete it. it. 
Yeah, she's trying to delete the file. Which one? Because if if the file's deleted, then there's nothing for the DNA to right. Which I don't understand why that wasn't plan A. Why they didn't think of that in the first place? I fully agree. Like, now, that would be... That would... <laughs> Like that I like that first... is the easiest solution. Yes, they still needed Jacob out of the office because well, no, he's the because he's the one who can find out what she's need... doing. Okay, yeah. In, in distraction wise, yeah, but like yeah, she able to do it from her computer. Like, why wasn't either like removing her file? Like that would just make the most sense. I agree. Nobody was but thinking. Plot. And that's when you just have to say because television. Yep. So she deletes the file just in time and Agent Agent Tartasos looks stupid <laughs> and Sophie comes in. It's Tartaroff. Yes, I know that's it's Tartaroff. But I, but I am calling him Agent Tartasos. I don't know what his actual name is, but the nickname is perfect. Yeah, it's Tartaroff. Oh, Which she is a made weird name. Look like it is. It's 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 weird. And yeah. she made him look like such a fool. I loved it. Yep. And I, I like really how like his Sophie first he like Sophie is like, oh, you know, did you invite people to a party before and you knew that there was a party? And he's like, how how is there no match in the system? Like, dude. She, like, yes, we know she should be in the system, but she's a vigilante. doesn't necessarily mean she's, like, a drug dealer previously. Exactly. Like, like the entire point of this is because she was – like, everyone knows she was arrested. Like, that's why this is a is a tense thing. But if right. she was never arrested, she wouldn't be in the system. Like, exactly. I know, I know if my DNA and... is at a crime scene – you know, I don't have to worry because my DNA is not in the system. Right. And, like, why is he assuming that she was arrested? Right. I mean, it is Gotham, so I naturally assume everybody's been arrested. But, so Sophie leaves and ma- calls it, up, huh? It, it made me think something, but I don't know if they're going to go there. What have made that same assumption if that woman were white? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I don't know. We'll have to see. Uh, so Sophie leaves and calls up Luke and is like, all right, everything's fine. Now I have to go delete my digital footprint. Back over to the ship, we see Batwoman coming to – Batwoman just about coming to rescue uh, Angelique and Ocean. Ocean. I said Ocean. Okay. I actually I didn't know said if you were gonna say his, I never know if you're going to say his name or not, because I know you don't like him, and you like to yep. mispronounce the names I'm, of the characters. From now on, <laughs> I am only referring to him as Lord Voldemort. <laughs> I, thought that, no, I thought that was John Cryer. <laughs> 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 I'm I mean, every show has somebody I hate. Like, so, as... As the um, as the false face goon is as false face Orson Welles is getting ready to shoot them, Ocean and Angelica trying to you know you know we can cook you more. There are a lot of variables, and he shoots Ocean in the stomach. Yay! Ocean's gonna die because the one no, thing I've learned from he's TV, not. if it's one thing I've learned from TV and movies, it's that a stomach a bullet in the stomach means you're always dead. Not in any of the TV shows that I've watched. 
And then Batwoman shows up, takes out the goon, and Angelique's like, oh, how did you find us? And she's like, your girl Ryan sends her love. She cuts their ties, and she asks, you know, is he going to be able to walk? And Ocean's like, just leave me here. And I'm like, yes, listen to Ocean. This is the only, this is the best idea he's had yet. Leave him. And Angelique's like, nah, dude, you're coming with me. Let's go. Right. And I was like, God damn it, Angelique. So, so her and Bat, Angelique and Batwoman are like bringing Ocean along as they're trying to make their way out. And then randomly Batwoman stops and is like, all right, head out that way. Peace out, guys. Go. Oh, and Angelique's like, oh, you know, we'll get you out of here so you can get back to that girl you won't shut up about. And Batwoman's like, all right. I'm assuming that that this Batwoman was going back for Alice, right? Ah, maybe. But she was like, all right, you two keep walking that way and good luck. Have fun. And by the way, there's a ton of false face goons out here. So, you know, have good luck. Hope you make it out alive. As Batwoman turns around, we have Kate Kane come in, and then we have a nice fight sequence in which Kate Kane uh, gets the upper hand, has a knife to Batwoman's throat, and Alice knocks her in the head with a fire extinguisher. I loved this whole fight scene, because my favorite thing about it, though, was like even though she's mentally programmed to be somebody else, she still fights like Kate. Well, maybe Cersei was also a fighter. She was in Arkham, so. Well, true, but I don't know. It just the whole like it just it it felt very Kate to me. So it's like even though oh yeah, even though she she's programmed to be somebody else, there are I think there are pieces of Kate that are still coming to the surface because her like her muscle memory isn't gonna go away. Huh? I didn't realize she was wearing shorts. It was. Yeah. Like I was watching, like I was watching the fight scene as we're talking, and when she, um, after she knocks Alice down, and her and Ryan, uh, her and Batwoman are fighting again. There's a scene of her in the with like her jacket open, and she's wearing a black top, shorts. Because I was like, wait, is that a skirt? Nope, it's it's white shorts, and then like knee just above the knee high boot. So that is definitely. A- I didn't. Uh, yeah, choices were made with that look. Uh, so she knocks, she knocks Batwoman into the stairs and goes back after Alice, gets the upper hand on Alice, has her hand to Alice's throat, and she's like, help me. And Batwoman's like, nah, you have fun with this. And this, this was the moment this is where the I'm like, this is not second time she's left her to die. Was the, the first, first being on Coriana. But that time she that time I don't hold against her only because she knew that Alice wasn't going to hurt her. Or are you talking about something else on Coriana? No, when she was given the option to when she was given the option to either um leave the island with Kate or uh she was given the option of either Getting the um, getting the cure or getting right. Kate and she yeah. Uh, yeah and she chose to get the cure in that moment that to me and I said that during the episode felt like she was she was in that moment she was trusting Alice that Alice wouldn't hurt Kate and she ended up being right 
But that makes what happened here in this episode, leaving her to die, make even less sense. Like, you trusted her enough on Coriana to know that she wasn't actually going to hurt Kate. So, like, it just, it felt like she was finally getting revenge for her mom, and that's not a superhero move. Yeah. So, yeah, I didn't, I didn't like it. Like, I it, like, like, like our, it's so the, it's this goes first... back to what our emailer said, like, if, you know, the parallels between this and through the looking glass, my whole thing is at least like in through the looking glass, like I, I know I made a comment on like never trusting anyone in the Kane family because they keep every time like they team up with Alice, they screw her over, which is fine. Like she is a villain and I get that, but at least when they like backstab her it's to keep her it's to keep her contained and keep contained her restrained her in pos- arkham like i they, like before like trying to hurt her or kill her like that like she would have been fine if alice died and that's right. that's a line that heroes don't cross right like if if kate knew the things that were going on in arkham she wouldn't have left her in arkham Exactly. So, so there are definitely there are definitely definitely similarities going on, but this I think is more egregious because she is like, for all she knows, she is leaving Alice to die. And like, like Alice even tried to backtrack and say, "Look, I remember your mom, Cora. She talked about like the top she was wearing, and even then, she wouldn't help." Right. We come back from commercial, and we have Sophie going into Commander Kane's office, trying to delete her digital footprint with one small issue. And I don't know if this will end up getting picked up or not. Um, you know, she does a few keystrokes, and stuff starts deleting. And before it says, like, the process is complete, she closes the laptop. Now, as soon as you close the laptop, it doesn't keep running. Like, it goes into sleep mode. Yeah. So if you have something running, it'll it stops. Which so, means when he goes to open the computer, it could literally be mid delete again. Right. In theory, when he goes to open up the computer, there should still be stuff that wasn't deleted. So we'll see if that gets picked up. I don't know if it will, but it is something that I caught. She goes. Yeah, to put I thought the, that was a bit weird too. She goes to put the um, laptop in the safe. And she notices uh, a snake bite uh, box, box that she opens up and doesn't find the snake bite. She goes to the trash and she finds a used snake bite canister. And she figures, you know, she kind of pieces together what's going on. And she we literally her... said again, oh, my God, like they love to give us Sophie. Oh, my God. Moments for the tag. <laughs> she goes over to Mary's super legitimate. Uh, clinic in which Mary's kind of putting the um, the clipboards on all the beds and she was like and Sophie's like hey have you noticed anything peculiar with your dad like mood swings or whatever and she's like no he seemed fine today he signed off on this place even though he knew the fax machine wasn't working and Sophie's like you didn't find that weird <laughs> I, I know I'm like doesn't that seem weird <laughs> And she's like, yeah, it was fine. Like, totally normal Jacob Kane. You know, why are you asking me these questions? 
and she's like, I found this in your dad's office, and it's the empty snake bite canister. And she's like, oh, it's probably from a bust. And, you know, Sophie's like, like, well, why isn't it evidence? This entire conversation could have been negated if Sophie's just like, I found this in his trash. Yeah, but even still, I'm not sure Mary would have 100% believed it. I mean, no, but it's like it would have been harder to argue like, oh, maybe he seized it from a bus. Well, if he seized it from a bus, why is it in his trash? Like I can get like if he had a full vial or even an empty vial in the safe, you could be like, you know, yeah, he might have seized it. Somebody had already used it or whatever. Maybe they're trying to get a DNA sample. I don't know. But the fact that it was in the trash to me is like the part that I'd be like, I really can't really explain that away. And she's like, well, you need to have, you know, I think you should have a talk with your dad. And she's like, my dad's not doing snake bite. And she's like, well, then it'll be a short conversation. Here you go. I'm out of here. Yeah, because she knows that she knows that Jacob won't listen to her. Right. Over at the over at the uh, Ryan and Mary Love Shack, we have Angelique coming to see Ryan, who is shocked. She was like, oh, I thought you would never want to talk to me again. She's like, hey. You know, it was my, you know, my choices got me to where I was. You know, you tried to get me out. You know, you care for me. It, you know, this was all my fault. You had nothing to do with this. So Angelique makes the offer to Ryan to come with her that she reached a deal with the feds. They're putting her in witness protection and she wants Ryan to come live with her. And Ryan's like, I, I can't, you know, I have stuff here. And I mean, Angelique's like, well, what's really holding us back? And she's, well, she's like, like, well, Gotham sucks. What are we doing? I agree. Gotham sucks. Go with Angelique. <laughs> like, and then, like, like but in theory, you can be can't. you can be Batwoman in another city. It doesn't have to be Gotham. But I mean, she also has to come up with reasons that are that aren't she's batwoman she's like i'm building the community center and right angelique's like but there's literally nothing tying us here so let's just go yeah but she won't go with her and angelique knows this so they have a tender heartfelt goodbye back over to the the sionis mansion we see alice now restrained in the same chair uh kate was earlier and then we have Black Mask and White Mask, that is what I'm calling her, and coming in, and she's like, hey, this is a pretty swanky place for someone who slings dope. And Black Mask is like, you know, why is she here? And White Mask, White Mask is like, oh, she, I think, you know, we can have, I think she can serve a purpose. She was with Batman during tonight's siege. Batwoman. Yes. You said Batman. Batwoman. Yes, that woman. She was like, <laughs> I figured, you know, I figured you'd want to talk to her. And he's like, Dad, just kill her. And no. Alice was like, I was just chained to a pipe. Like, I didn't actually do anything. And then he's like, hey, you know what? Maybe she can be of use. Let's dump her in the cellar. So there's a few seconds here of Kate kind of just staring at Alice, moving her head back and forth. Were you expecting like a trigger of like a memory or something because I kept waiting for it because I feel like Alice is going to be her trigger because we already I, know I think so I think so too because like 
we don't see anything. All we see is like um all we see is like her head movement, but it looks like she's trying to remember something or she recognizes Alice and she can't figure out why. Yeah. So I feel like Alice is going to be the key to bringing Kate back, which is good, which kind of brings a whole other thing to it, because what if Alice is kind of drawn to Kate, like because of the whole like twin connection thing, but more so because the personality that Kate has now as Black Mask's daughter kind like she she kind of likes that version, so to speak. So could you imagine if like they get kind of close and Alice doesn't like Alice doesn't necessarily figure out that she's Kate, but they still wind up connecting anyway. Um, it's going to be interesting because they haven't said like the reason he puts the mask on on Kate and he says, oh, your face was badly burned. Um, but it it doesn't sound like they had any. So like the fact that her face is still burned, it doesn't sound like she's had any like reconstructive surgery or that they put like different face on her so eventually her face will heal and yes it's a different actress but i think they're just going to go with the fact like it like kate looks the same i don't know or is it or is it the fact that because she believes that she's his daughter but doesn't necessarily look like his daughter he doesn't want to trigger the fact that he's not she's not like if she saw her face in the mirror like that and she believes that she what's her name Cersei like she's gonna look at herself and know wait I don't look like this why do I look like this right so that's why she's wearing a mask but what I'm saying is when like if Alice sees her without the mask is Alice gonna know who she is so would I mean now here's another question does Black Mask know who Alice is to Kate and would she she, would he purposely have her masked during all of their interactions to keep that from happening? I don't know. I don't know. It's possible. Anything's possible, really. So many, so many intriguing questions. Yeah. And that is the end of the episode. Uh, overall, Alice was great in the episode. Uh, this was the best Alice episode I'll see. No, Alice, Alice uh, playing psychiatrist still wins out for me. Um, but Alice is great. Sophie, you know, comes in clutch with, you know, thinking yeah. of the most obvious solution last, but at least she thought of it. Uh, and this, and, and this was uh, the first Luke, episode that Ryan that that Ryan frustrated me. Like, yeah, Batwoman frustrated me. Luke and Ryan slash Batwoman um failed the grade as heroes today. Yeah, they kind of did. They kind of fell asleep on the job and kind of forgot what the whole point is. Yeah, and it's fine because, like, and it's fine because, like, earlier in the episode when Luke is like, you know, the legacy of Batwoman's more important than one person, you know, like, Ryan has the right idea. Like, even though it's for the wrong reason, like, Ryan is doing it because she's in love with Angelique, but Ryan has the right idea. Like, the legacy is not bigger than saving one person. Um so there, you know, so at one point she has the right idea, like she gets to the right place, even though it might not be for 100 percent the right reasons, but still it's there, which is great. Uh, but in the end, like they both drop the ball this episode. Yeah. And if they're going to keep having Luke 
put Batwoman over everything, they're going to need to delve into why he's doing that in order to not make him look like a jerk. Now, I'm going to I'm going to put this question out there now. We have uh like eight eight episodes left. Seven. Uh thirteen and seventeen. Yeah, so we have seven episodes left. Um Angelique asked Ryan to come with her. Ryan said no. And for me, like, the obviously the reason being because she's Batwoman. Like, if she wasn't Batwoman, I think she would have gone in a heartbeat. Seven episodes from now, if the Kate storyline is resolved, is this, is this the out that they use for Ryan? Because, like, now they have an endgame for Ryan. Like, they have an endgame for Ryan. I would hope not. Like, if Kate comes back full-time as Batwoman, Ryan can go off and live happily ever after with Angelique. Like, she doesn't have the... nightmare that would be? Oh, no. I really hope the CW does not do that. I mean... Just, I mean... I don't... Because somebody else said the same thing. Like, if they... Like, if Ryan left the show, it would be a PR nightmare. I hate to think... I hate to think of that... Because I don't – I hate to think of it that way because I I think it is a very um, obtuse way to look at things. And I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying like – I'm not saying that people out there wouldn't perceive it as such. But I would like to think – I would like to think it's not as bad as people think it could be because I wouldn't like – like I don't know. It, it's it, it's it, hard. It, it it it's hard because uh, let me let me see if I can kind of break down what I'm thinking here. Like it just like the optics of it is like you literally have someone come in and pinch it for a year until you can find a replacement, and then whoops, sorry, like we don't need you anymore. It's a bad flex, no matter who it is. But uh, there's an added level of ick to it when the person is a person of color. At least for me. And I'll, like I will agree, I will agree with your viewpoint to an extent. But that being said, like everything, every time that they've commented, and I've always said like nobody should ever listen to Carolyn Dryers. Like I, I feel like I feel like she has been, she's like a very bad mouthpiece for the show because I feel like whatever they're planning or whatever they plan to do. Or have in the you know in the pipeline, she always wants to play the role of like we don't want to give away too much because we want people to think this and then be surprised when it's that. Like when she originally came out and said we're not recasting Kate, and then they and then they were like, well, we're not killing off Kate. Like what happened to her is gonna be the is gonna be the is gonna be like the mystery of of at least the first half of the season. And then it was, all right, we, we recast Kate. Like this show is, I think intentionally been misleading to, cer- yeah. to a certain extent. Like, so from the very beginning, I was like, they're going to recast Kate. Like, and they did. Yeah. And, and we knew it was, and it made sense for them to do it this way because to try to rush a Kate recast for the start of the new season, whoever they would have gotten, had they gone that route, it would not yeah. have worked. Because they didn't have so, the time to find the right person. So, like, I I don't necessarily think I would – I don't necessarily think I believe them when, 
you know, they were like, oh, right, you know, Ryan's going to be Batwoman starting in season two. Like, I was like, well, you're going to bring back Kate, and if you bring back Kate, you really need to make her Batwoman again because that's who she is. No. So, like, I've never bought into the narrative that Ryan was Batwoman like all the way through going forward, especially because of like, if you're bringing back Kate then it makes sense for this to happen. So Right. And also, but like, it, it was also a matter of, okay, we know Kate's coming back, but we didn't know at the time that we discussed this before how she was physically. Clearly we know she can fight. So once she comes back to herself, there's going to be no actual reason for her to not become Batwoman again, unless she just straight up doesn't want to. Right. So, uh, so yeah, that'll be interesting. So, you know, how do people think this is going to get resolved? Like when Kate figures out who she is and comes back to reality, you know, what, what do everyone, what do, what do you guys think is going to happen between the two of them? You can email us at batwomantvtalk at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at batwomantvtalk on Twitter. You can tweet at me at Academy Rewind on Twitter. Where can the people find you? I'm at XO Tony Roney XO on Twitter. Now, before we sign off, I do have one quick question. Yep. Is there a Batwoman equivalent to Kid Flash in the comic? Kid Batwoman? Like, cause, like, cause on the Flash you have the Flash, and then you yep. have Wally as Kid Flash. So, could they kind of do something similar there with Ryan and Kate? Uh, yeah. There's, there's, um. Flamebird, who was like her Robin, um, who's used very like she's only she was only in a few issues. That is what I originally thought they were going to do. Um, but again, like then you're demoting you're demoting her to a secondary role anyway. Um, whereas you could have her go off with Angelique and start her own thing in a new city. Like she could be a Batwoman somewhere else. Now. It- if they did that and spun her off into her own series, I'd be fine with. It. However, if they do that and Javicia loses a job, not cool. I don't think she would lose a job. I think they would find ways to bring her back if if that's what she wanted. But then again, we also don't know. We know nothing about Javicia's contract or whatever. Like we don't know like when she signed, if she signed for, you know, multiple years or or whatever. Yeah, no, that's true. Um and they could have been very upfront with her. Like they could have said, "Look, this is what we're doing. This is what we're gonna say. This is what we're gonna do." And so, like Javicia, like if this was the plan all along, Javicia could have known about it. And it would make sense for Javicia not to play like that because, you know, she's trying to do right by the show. Um, so, so again, like if this was if this was all the plan all along, then. Yeah, I'm okay with it. Like, if they decided, like, last week, well, we're going to make Kate Kane Batwoman again, and Javicia, remember how we, you know, we gave you the contract and told you, you know, when we renewed it that we were going to give you a new contract? Well, no. Like, then you're right. That's bad, and I, I don't want that to happen. The only way my scenario is, like, the only way my scenario is fine with me is if it's this was all, like, ahead of time. Like, yeah, like, Javicia knew this going into it. Um, that being said, before we sign off, there was one quote that I read in a interview that Wallace Day gave, but I think it was EW, and she had said she originally tried out for the part of Kate back 
when it, when Ruby announced she was leaving and uh, Carolyn Dreyer's um, sent her an email, called her, texted her or something, was like, look, we decided we're going to, you know, we decided not to recast Kate. We're going to go in this direction for now. But if something changes and we decide to bring back Kate, we'll give you a call. And Wallace was like, you know, I didn't, she was like, you know, that's something producers kind of say. That's something you always hear. Right. She's like, I didn't, you know, she was like, it's not like I'm calling her a liar, but she was like, it's an industry thing. But she was like, when they called me back, I was really, you know, she was like, I was really excited and so happy. So it seemed like if they would have went with Kate out of the bat, it was going to be Wallace Day uh, regardless. Which would have been fine. Yeah, which would have been great. Um, But so, again, we don't know what's going to happen. We have which seven episodes to figure it out. Knowing that would make them having Javicia leave at the end of the season, if that happens, even worse. Because that means they would have had the option to recast Kate at the time and not even introduce us to Ryan. Again, that's if they... Right, this is all on the assumption of if. But, like, right. if that's true, and if it, that would make it even more of a PR nightmare. Good Lord. I mean, honestly, from the beginning, my entire theory was they decided to bring in a new character they decided to make the carrot or the MacGuffin of at least the first part of the season because i had that right like i said it was going to be about halfway through the season yeah that they were going to find kate so they decided to make the MacGuffin of the first half of the season what happened to kate where's kate and then bring and then i was like they'll bring back kate in the second half of the season so right now like my timeline is fine so again as long as if if what I've predicted to happen happens and they were up front with Juicia, I have no issues with anything. If this was done like, you know, midstream and nobody knew anything, then I would kind of agree with you. Like it's a it's kind of a dick move. Um, but we'll have to see where we go from here. We got seven episodes to find out. Now, did did Angelique say when she was leaving for witness protection? Was she leaving at the end of that episode? Uh, I don't believe she said, but I would imagine, is, I would imagine it's is, soon. If Angelique is already gone, then that takes this theory completely off the table. Uh, yeah, kind of. But I, I have a feeling that like, that's not. I would say it's happening. But again, like, like seven episodes could be like two days. True. Like, yeah, like it's it's TV time. Like, yeah, no, trust me. I, I, I'm very well aware of that TV time moves very differently. Yeah. Um. So it'll be interesting. So we got uh, we got the episode next week. So we'll have to we'll have to see where uh, White Mask and Alice are at in that episode. Uh, but until then, do you have anything else? Nope, that's it. All right. We're going to get out of here, everybody. We'll talk to you all next week. See you later. Bye.